the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I see my name in shiny lights. Yeah. A different city every night. Oh, I, I swear. The world better prepare for when I'm a billionaire. It's time to get down to business on the weekend's number one business program. Known as the king of networking, your host, Shalom Klein, has worked with thousands of entrepreneurs and created countless jobs. So, to success, let's get down to business. And indeed, we're all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship and business. We talk a lot about business here. You're on with Get Down to Business. And I'm your host, Shalom Klein. Remember, you can always download podcasts from Get Down to Business on my website at shalomkline.com. And while you're there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at shalomkline. It's going to be a jam-packed week of content and information you will not want to miss. So let's jump right in. I am thrilled to talk about a topic that, frankly, I'm all fired up about. And that's right. I'm chatting with the uh, co-author of new book, Fired Up, a Guide to Transforming Your Team from Burnout to Engagement. I'm thrilled to be joined by, again, that co-author, Dr. Mia Betap Russell, who has served in various roles across nonprofit, academic, and corporate sectors. She's currently a lecturer in the Center for Leadership Education at John Hopkins University, where she teaches leadership and management courses. Uh, Mia, welcome to the program. Thank you, Shalom. Happy to be here. Absolutely. I know you and your co-author are very, very passionate, so much so that you uh, called this book Fired Up. And it's very, very timely that we have this conversation really as we kick off the new year. I can't believe we are here already. Um, But every employer listening to this program wants to know how they can guide their team uh, to success in the new year. Mia, how did you become so passionate about this topic? Well, um, Gervin Liggins and I met in graduate school, and uh, we were in an organizational leadership program. And we explored all different kind of topics around leadership and organizational management. And one of the things that we kept coming back to was that certain uh, factors in the work environment uh, or leaders, let me say, leaders have control over various factors in the work environment that can actually encourage or, you know, or foster burnout or engagement. A lot of the you know, popular press and literature we read around burnout seems to take an approach that it's the individual or employee's fault. But so much of what happens at work really is, you know, within the control and the responsibility of leaders, managers and organizations. So we thought that there was a void uh, on the shelves around this topic and this approach. Yeah, absolutely. I think that there is. And again, I think that this is a timely, uh, you know, conversation, especially following that transition uh, first to virtual and hybrid work structures during the pandemic. And who knows where we're at right now. But you talk about something in the book, which I find really, really interesting. You talk about something called quiet quitting. And I know you go in depth in, again, this book is called Fired Up, a Guide to Transforming Your Team from Burnout to Engagement, why so many employees are going through this process of quiet quitting. First of all, what is it and why are they doing it? 
Well, I think quiet quitting is, isn't as prevalent today. You know, this was a trend that we saw in the fall where people were saying, hey, we're just going to do what we're required to do. Uh, there are multiple ways to look at this. But when we think about what quiet quitting meant, it meant that we weren't going to go, employees weren't going to go above and beyond, which is what many organizations really need and want, right? They want you to be passionate about your work, wanting you to uh, really be fully engaged and engrossed or absorbed in the work. But quiet quitting wasn't saying that I'm going to do less than what I'm responsible for. It was just I was going to kind of operate at status quo. In our book, we really, uh, you know, we think that burnout is a reason, maybe could be one of the reasons why we even started talking about quiet quitting, because burnout has been with us for decades, right? This isn't a pandemic phenomena. We know that uh, looking at almost every industry, every in every country around the world, right? This is a global issue that is causing um, health issues, that is causing uh, increased uh, turnover. Um, there are tremendous costs. In fact, uh, there are costs, est estimated costs around burnout are $300 billion globally per year. So when we think about the the importance of addressing burnout so that uh, your team can really flourish and be engaged, it's, uh, it's, it's just simply required. That's for sure. And so, you know, burnout occurs in a lot of different ways. And you just talked about the cost of that. And that's that those with a B, that was billions of dollars, um, yeah. which is which is staggering. And that's taking place in big businesses, but also small businesses, many of whom are turning and tuning into this uh, to this program. So what is it? What are some of the root causes of burnout? And, and what are some of those consequences that that we might be seeing? in even small businesses and in entrepreneurial organizations? Yeah, one of the reasons we really think that this book is timely and appropriate for especially small businesses and uh, entrepreneurs because they may not have these full-fledged HR departments and they just need to have some tools. So our book really does offer practical tips, tools, and strategies that you can open up and use. But I think it might be more important to talk about what burnout is not before we talk about what those signs and symptoms are, just so that mm -hmm. um, your listeners can better understand why we should care. So many times we think that burnout is simply in somebody's head. You know, maybe it's just an emotional or physical exhaustion, or perhaps it's due to a resiliency deficit. Um, or maybe they're just anxious, overwhelmed, or frustrated today because of some project they were working on. But really, when we think about what burnout is, it's a progressive workplace phenomenon that is that kind of sits on three major pieces, uh, exhaustion, cynicism, and reduced professional efficacy, right? Or this uh, idea that your work accomplishments don't matter. And pre-pandemic in 2019, the World Health Organization kind of entered this discussion around burnout, not calling it a disease, but that it is a workplace-related or work-related syndrome and condition that is kind of the cause or a host for a host of medical illnesses. Um, and so we know that excessive work and stress contribute to burnout. We know that excessive work and stress contribute to over 100,000 deaths annually. Um, we even have uh, research that shows that uh, when you experience burnout, there's an increased likelihood of over 35% of a stroke. 
So when we think about signs and symptoms, right, what you want to be uh, on the lookout for in the book, we talk about burnout risk management, right? So first understanding what you see. Um, it could be emotional, phys- emotional and physical drain. Uh, perhaps an employee has begun to have callous or uncaring attitudes towards others. Uh, there could be a reduced involvement at work or reduced responsiveness of needs or the demands to the work. You know, the idea that someone is tired before they even start working is one of the predictors of burnout. So this Mm -hmm. idea that they are just not bringing their best self to work is really a uh, kind of a general guideline for what you might want to look for. Sure. And um, again, I'm chatting with the co-author of Fired Up, A Guide to Transforming Your Team from Burnout to Engagement. Indeed, I'm chatting with Dr. Mia Beta Russell. It really is a fascinating, not really book, but more of a guide. Um, And I love the way you just answered that question of not what burnout is, but also what it is not. And that's important because obviously this guide guides you through transforming your team from burnout to engagement. So as we kick off the new year and we're quickly running out of time in this conversation. Mia, I want to make sure we leave our listeners with some real guidance and advice. And what can they do, even in a small organization, to make sure you're addressing the burnout and guiding along the way for a successful year? Sure. I think uh, the you know three steps. One would be to truly assess the work environment. Find out what are the things, the factors, the conditions that are helping your team? And what are those factors or conditions that are hindering your team? Uh, We often like to focus on those things that aren't working and throw all of our resources at them, but we caution you, you don't just want to attack those things that are hindrances. You also wanna try to see if you can do more or better around those things that are helping your team. So once you identify some of these factors, Uh, Then what you want to do is acknowledge how they fit into the kind of the scope or scheme of things. What might you actually have control over that you can change? For example, people being afraid of coming back to the office or having personal issues. Maybe you cannot address those, but there might be some policies or programs, practices you can put in place that could help the transition. And finally, we say that you should build an action plan. So again, assess, acknowledge, and the last A for act, build an action plan where you can uh, create strategies. And in our book, we list over a hundred strategies that you can use to address those helpers and the hindrances. They and sure do. And I want to make sure we, we, we get our listeners over to your book so they could learn how to do that. Me, I apologize for cutting you off, but the book is called Fired Up, A Guide to Transforming Your Team from Burnout to Engagement. I know you could find it all over on Amazon, as well as learn about Dr. Mia Betap russell and uh, Dr. Uh, Liggins. Uh, Mia, thanks so much for joining us. Um, do you have a website that you want to send our listeners to? Yes, we're at thinkfiredup.com. And I'm available. You can connect with me on LinkedIn. I'd love to talk more. Fantastic. Mia, thank you so much for joining us and have a great, great, happy new year. Thank you. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. I am thrilled to be joined by Janine Thompson, an author, high-performing coach, and former Fortune 50 executive and clinical psychotherapist. She has helped leaders and C-suite executives across the globe expand their potential by using the power of the and in their business, which indeed we'll talk about in a moment. 
And I'm excited to bring her onto the program and share it with all of you amazing listeners as well. Janine, welcome to the program. Thank you. I'm delighted to be with you and your listeners. Absolutely. Such a uh, such an impressive background, and uh, it's fun to uh, have you on and talk about the and. But Janine, I always love to get to know the person behind the microphone. Can you share a little bit about your listeners and, and how you have become so passionate about this work, including uh, writing a book very recently? Well, you know, I marvel at the utter intelligence of life that uh, guides us to our highest service. I began as a clinical psychotherapist, um, research evidence-based um, SOP, treating anxiety disorders, and uh, then went to Best Buy and led their high potential leadership development programs and was the head of international HR. And through a an, uh, coincidence or synchronicity, rather, I would call it, um, I left that role and began studying uh, energy and invisible intelligence that we all have access to. And so my career at the core is combining science-based and soul-infused strategies to help people connect with their, their true nature, their highest nature. So we'll use the, the best of known, proven external intelligence and teach leaders how to tap into the reservoir of internal, invisible um, wisdom mm-hmm. intelligence. Absolutely. According to Gallup's State of the Global Workplace 2022 report, only 21% of employees are engaged. 19% are miserable. 33% are thriving their overall well-being. And worldwide, it's estimated to cost $7 trillion in lost productivity. That's an exact quote. Janine, I know those are staggering numbers. How can leaders, because everybody tuning into this program are indeed leaders, re-engage the minds, hearts, and hands of those that they lead and create the condition for that talent to be realized? You know, I think one of the things is is we need to rework how we work. When people come to me, they're often in back-to-back meetings, and they have no time to actually tune inward and access this expanded potentiality that exists within. So one of the things successful leaders do is they create more space in the environment. They give employees um, less meeting time where they can actually um, tune inward and determine how would I hit this milestone? What might be a more innovative way uh, to get after this? And then collectively come back as a team and brainstorm uh, a bigger pool of intelligence and wisdom. That's powerful stuff, indeed. So it's interesting uh, as we uh, as we sort of transition into this new year of 2023. Uh, I'm curious, you know, where you see things going. We've seen definitely a downward shift in engagement. I believe the date that I noticed this was from 2018. But as we move into the new year, what are you seeing in terms of the trends, and how do how can we sort of cutting to the chase over here? How can we reverse those trends? You know, one of the things that I'm seeing is that leaders are wanting to reverse reverse the trend, and they're asking, how do I go about this? And in addition to taking command of the operating rhythm, their cadence 
and decreasing the meeting time. I think how they engage with their employees one-to-one is significant. So asking their employees just different questions. Typically, we ask them, how are they doing on their milestones? Are they hitting any roadblocks? I would get more creative and ask them questions about what do they think the problem is we're really trying to solve here? If they had full reins, how would they go about um, delivering this strategic imperative? Inviting them into increased um, creativity and innovation, leaders inadvertently often get focused on the tactical and we're not actually tapping into the available potentiality of employees. Secondly, I would say employees want to meaningfully contribute and they also want harmony with their personal life. So how can they crack the code on this balance of delivering excellence, but also not selling their soul to the work demands? We've got to create a respect for the whole of the person personally and professionally. Indeed, uh, that's, that's solid advice. And something that I find, um, you know, really practical about all this, and I know you uh, you write about this and you talk about this very frequently, is how we work today does uh, optimize our people, profit, and the planet, those three Ps over there. Can you talk a little bit more about some of the, uh, you know, practical outcomes from this sort of conscious uh, observation of, of, again, how we work and how we engage? Well, I think practically you referenced in this Gallup State of the Global Workforce 22 data that there's an estimated $7 trillion lost in productivity. So I think a tangible practical outcome is, is when employees are excited to get up in the morning, when they're on fire, they know that they matter, their contributions matter, their productivity increases. When they have more space in the day, when they're not in back-to-back meetings or constantly answering emails or IMs, they're excited to daydream tune into how would I get after this? How would I solve this? So practically your profits will go up. And that's something that indeed every entrepreneur is, is looking for. So, you know, Janine, our, our audience is a very practical uh, audience, especially as we move into the new year. Every minute, as you said uh, before, is indeed precious. And everybody is looking at the clock and looking at their wallet and looking at everything. What are some of the key takeaways that you want? What are some of the homework assignments? Well, put it that way. Homework assignments or New Year's resolutions mm-hmm. that you want our listeners to put into practice in the first quarter of 2023? I would encourage each listener to every day engage in periods of stillness. You know, we're taught that idle time is unproductive and we often force answers. And the harder we push for answers, the less creative and the less available they are. So that might be, you know, spending two minutes breathing, um, just closing their eyes, shutting off the constant download of information, tuning inward. Uh, It might be spending time in nature where we have access to expanded potentiality, but spend more time inward uh, versus always looking externally. The answers reside within. 
Mm, that's that's great. That's fantastic. So, um, Janine, you've shared a lot of great advice over here. We've talked a lot about, again, that, that Gallup report about engagement. We've talked about um, how often what stands between an organization and its high success is the untapped potential that many fail to leverage. And, um, and that's where I want to go to the and, which is where we started this conversation. When I know you're very passionate about that word, A-N-D, the and, um, which is the expanded potential I most leave on the table every day. How did you come up with that, with that term and that concept? I came up with that term because it was my own experience. I grew up as an evidence-based psychotherapist, always going to the known best practices, what was proven. And it has tremendous value. But there came a time when the external answers weren't enough. And Reiki and yoga and energy work led me to remember and rediscover the and of all that we are, this invisible, yet to be improve, uh, proven wisdom and intelligence. So that's mm. the opportunity for for business, I am extraordinarily excited when I work with leaders and they start tapping into the and, they start delivering results, improving engagement, shareholder value, loyalty. Um, it's astonishing what's available sure. for us every day. Well, Janine, we're running out of time and I want to make sure our listeners know where they can get in touch with you, find a copy of your book, and uh, overall engage with this important topic. Janine, how can we get in touch? You can find me at janinethompson.net. That's my website. You can find my book, 911 From Your Soul, at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or your local bookstore. Well, Janine, I really appreciate you sharing your expertise, your passion about the and with our listeners. And um, we will be sure to have you back on real soon. But in the meantime, have a great, happy and healthy new year. Thank you. Absolutely. We've got to cut to a quick break over here and get down to business. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Business, the show about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. I'm thrilled to be joined by Nate Jensen, who has a master's degree in forensic accounting, certified management accountant, certified in strategy and competitive analysis, certified in a lot of things. But more importantly, he has somewhere around 30,000 hours of helping small business owners just like you understand what's driving or inhibiting their profitability and cash flow and what to do about it. Nate Jensen, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. This is so timely. Everybody talks about New Year's resolutions and going to the gym and all that. But as business owners, I know what everybody's looking for is a New Year's resolution of how they can do better in the new year in their business. And Nate, I know you are the expert, the subject matter expert on this topic. So Nate, um, you know, I want to sort of dive right in and talk about financial reporting, which is something that everybody wants to do better in the new year. Why do people need good financial reporting and can't they just go into QuickBooks and just do one of the quick template reports and just get what they need? That's, that's a perfect question. Uh, there's a lot of reports in QuickBooks or zero or whatever software you're using. The, the disconnect though, is those numbers, you know, your P and L, your balance sheet, whatever you're looking at, those numbers need to drive action. And I think where people struggle is understanding the story behind the numbers and what those numbers are telling them they need to do. There's always some sort of action that you need to take. And if you, if you look at your P&L and say, oh, we lost money last month, that's, that tells you lost money. But so what? Like, what do you do with that? You need to be able to drill down and understand what do we change so that in the coming month and the next month and the next month, we're always in the black. 
That's for sure. That's the, so definitely, again, the reports, the, the data matters. I've been saying that for a long time in this program, that it's not just, again, an accounting, an accountant is not just for the annoying uh, process of filing your taxes, but can actually be used in this good segue into our next question, to actually improve your profit. So you talk a lot about forecasting. How does having a forecast actually help you improve your profit and put more uh, cash in the bank? So I've had a, a lot of experience over experience, same, the same experience over the years where I will take on a new client. We will put together a forecast for them. And then as I sit down with them to review what we've put together and what we found, the number of times that I have to say, look, if everything goes to plan, you're going to be losing money. Uh, it, it astounds me that, that when we sit down to look what we're actually planning on doing, just based on, on basic assumptions that a business owner has, that they're not going to not just hit their goals, but they're actually moving backwards. And so, just like I said, if you're looking at your P&L for last month and you see you, you had a bad month, there's nothing you can do about last month. It's gone. It's over. But if you look ahead and you say, okay, I'm projecting a loss of whatever, or I'm projecting being off of my target revenue or target uh, net income by, by a certain margin, it's still in the future. You can still fix that, right? You can get more sales. You can reduce your costs. There's a whole bunch of, of different approaches you can take to change that, what that number is going to be. Uh, if it's on the forecast, if it's on a, a historic P&L, it's too late. It's over and done. For sure. Again, I'm chatting with Nate Jensen, who is our subject matter expert as we talk about uh, New Year's resolutions in your business. Again, with over 30,000 hours of helping small business owners understand what's driving or inhibiting their profitability, um, this is a perfect segue to talk a little bit about some of the things, the New Year's resolutions, Nate, that you're recommending for your small business clients to improve profitability. What is that one thing, if people remember nothing else from this conversation, that they can do to improve profitability? The, the number one thing I would say is you need to have a, a system in place that drives action based on your financial reporting. So you need, to be, you need to be able to look at your numbers on a regular basis. You need to understand what those numbers are telling you to do, and then you need to take action on that. So that would be, for example, if you look at your P&L and you say, hey, we, we made money, we lost money, uh, that's where you start. But then if you if you didn't hit the numbers that you wanted, You've got to drill down. Well, why didn't we make as much money as we wanted to? Is our our staffing too high or our sales too low? Uh, maybe we had specific clients who just weren't profitable as a client, you know, that uh, client relationship. And so it's for me, the profitability is driven by it's driven by action. Obviously, you have to understand your your numbers and not just what they mean, but what they're telling you to do. That's what I would harp on again and again and again is what is the action I take based on what my numbers show me? And it's not just profitability. Profitability and cash flow go hand in hand. Okay, uh, perfect. Well, Nate, I want to go there about the cash flow. What's that number yes. one thing that we can do to improve our cash flow in the new year? For, for most of the clients that I've, I've worked with in the past, the number one thing that they all, almost all of them could do is reduce their terms. Uh, a lot of companies, especially new startups, are so interested in getting business in the door that they will extend credit, extend a lot of credit, and then they have to spend a lot of time chasing their accounts receivable, collecting that. And so if you provide value in your marketplace and you know you have, have a good offering, be comfortable charging for that upfront. Take payment upfront, even if it's on a credit card or whatever, 
make sure you get your cash because if you don't get your cash, profitability really doesn't matter. That's for sure. Well, Nate, you've shared a lot of good advice over here, and I want to make sure our listeners can get in touch with you and your team. Nate, again, the subject matter expert on everything accounting, uh, reporting, forecasting, cash flow, profitability. Um, I know you've got a lot of answers to a lot of questions, but it starts with getting in touch with you. How can we do that? Best way is just through my website. It's zero to CFO.com, and it's spelled out Z E R O T O C F O.com. And you can contact me there or set up an appointment. I'm happy to go through some basics with, with anybody for, uh, for free. So, Awesome. Zero to CFO.com. Nate Jensen, thank you so much for sharing your expertise in these homework assignments in the new year. Wishing you and your family and your business a happy, healthy, and successful new year. Um, we'll be right back in, uh, in the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Don't touch that dial. You get down to business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. I've been super excited for this conversation because I am joined by Andrew Schmertz from Hopscotch Air, which is definitely not your typical airline. Andrew started the Air Taxi firm in 2009, uh, armed with uh, just a fleet of, uh, of uh, some aircraft, and now it has grown, and I'm super excited uh, for Andrew to come on and share his story with all of you, our amazing listeners. Andrew, welcome to the program. Thank you, Shalom. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. Andrew, it's not every day that we have, uh, that we have an owner of an uh, air taxi service on Get Down to Business, but I'm looking at your website and it's pretty darn impressive. Andrew, tell us a little bit about your background that led to uh, getting started with Hopscotch Air. Sure. Let me just start by saying, if anything says airline chaos, that has been this week. Uh, and that is the, the goal of Hopscotch Air. So my background actually is in the media business. I, I began at News 12 Long Island. I was a reporter at News 12 and a, an associate producer. I went on to New York One, eventually anchored the business news at WABC and WLS in Chicago for a couple of years. Uh, and then uh, decided to turn my hobby into a business, which is something that I actually don't recommend most people try. Uh, but it has been successful for us. But it has been um, it has been a long slog. Uh, so Hopscotch Air, we certified it in 2009. It's an FAA certified air carrier. It was designed to provide affordable private aviation. Now that's that's a phrase that you hear a lot of right now as people try to quote, democratize private aviation. We, we try to avoid the word democratize because it's very hard to get there. But the goal was to basically bring in new customers into uh, the on-demand private aviation field. And we do that by flying a very utilitarian service. Uh, we provide air transportation, nothing else. Uh, and we do that through uh, fuel efficient, uh, lower cost aircraft. Yeah, it's fascinating. I'm looking at your website. I'm seeing some of the routes um, that, uh, that you have over here, um, including through Club Scotch, which we're going to talk about in just a moment. Um, and I, you had a, quite an interesting testimonial from a mutual friend of ours that uh, said to me, and I quote, uh, that uh, my son and I actually use Hopscotch for travel because he's unable to fly commercial and can't sit in a car for too many hours. So, and I think that that story is not all that uncommon. So, a lot of people are indeed going through the challenges of uh, this holiday season with travel, and mm -hmm. you know their solution is you know sort of bite 
you know, sort of take a little bit of a risk of, am I going to get to where I need to go? And what's the story with the travel and, and how will this experience be? Or can they take the car? Or does it mean that they have to give up on that time with family? But you are, uh, there's a lot that we, that we need to cover over here. Um, there's a lot about the air taxi side of things. There's a lot about the regional travel as well. But Andrew, let's start um, indeed by talking about Club Hopscotch. What is that? So our Club Scotch program is basically a membership program. You know, the world has kind of moved towards a subscription uh, program, whether it's uh, buying your streaming TV services or your cup of coffee. And so Club Scotch is a viable option for people who travel frequently because we offer lower prices, some additional flexibility on travel time. And that is the Club Scotch program. But we do do uh, retail pro retail sales as well. If you need to just fly a, a one-off flight and you mentioned the car, that is our biggest competition. We're not really competing so much with the airlines as we're competing with driving because everywhere we fly to, you conceivably can drive. We are also providing a private aviation experience, which, you know, in the world of COVID that we just went through has become a bigger issue. So that is the, the benefit model that Hopscotch Air is offering. Okay. Wow. That, that is a, that is a huge, uh, advantage. Uh, so club scotch, uh, again, that, that sort of membership model, which is great. And, um, what are the sort of left and right limits, as we would say, in terms of what you can offer? I know that you have, uh, using some of the smaller aircraft, um, you have been, uh, you've, you've flown folks in all different directions. What, what is the, uh, tell us a little bit about the, uh, I believe it's your, uh, Cirrus, um, aircraft. Sure. The, the the service, as I mentioned, is purely utilitarian. It's a three-passenger aircraft, which is fine because your average charter customer is only 1.5 people. It is, uh, it is also regional in nature. So we're flying people on average about 150 miles from around the New York metropolitan area. And that is the core regional travel and most of the travel in the united states is done on a regional basis we're not really flying to the west coast we're not flying to florida and that is a segment of the, the industry that is less important to us than improving regional travel so that is kind of the, the service we're offering and you know we're not offering catered meals on board uh, you know, luxury service. And our customers don't want that. They just want to get to where they're going at a, at a price point that they could kind of kind of afford. And, and that's the key to the to the business. And that is the business that we've tried to replicate uh, over the years. Indeed. Again, I'm chatting with Andrew Schmertz from Hopscotch Air and Club Scotch. Um, we're, again, this utilitarian service, I, I love it, um, where folks can fly primarily in the Northeast region um, at um, really not unaffordable uh, prices, um, but again, really, really helps uh, to, uh, to to bring things closer. And, and certainly there's a lot of conversation in the news about some of the regional travel yeah. um, actually being removed from Delta, American Airlines, and I go up and down that list. And I love what you're doing, Andrew, with uh, Hopscotch Air. When we come back after a very quick break, I want to talk a little bit more about the sort of the, the business side of things, your advice to fellow entrepreneurs, your own experiences, and what some of your New Year's resolutions and goals are in the upcoming year. But again, you're listening to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurship. I'm joined now by Andrew Schmertz from Hopscotch Air, and we are going to be right back. But in the meantime, be sure to check out our sponsors, Tom Ribali from, from uh, healthplanchicago.com for all of your health insurance and affordable care act needs. Again, a quick break here. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. Thank you.
Welcome back to Get Down to Business Show about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. I'm continuing my conversation with Andrew Schmertz from Hopscotch Air. Andrew, we talked a lot about the uh, the air travel side of things, which I'm fascinated by, and I think what you're doing is super duper cool. But um, a term that uh, that I definitely will use is you're an entrepreneur. Um, you are developing this business, and I find your 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 background fascinating. Again, in the media industry, including uh, out in Chicago, which is awesome. Uh, but Andrew, what are some of the surprises that you've had along the way in building your own business? You know, I like to say that I went from the stable media industry to the stable aviation industry. It, it was a, mm. a a challenge. Uh, what I found in entrepreneurship is you have to almost be blind to the challenges you face. You have to be dogged. And you know that in entrepreneurship, you have to believe in the product you're selling. You also have to divorce yourself, though, from the emotional attachment it has. If something is not working, and this is the hardest part, if something is not working, you need to make course corrections. And I think that's the biggest challenge entrepreneurs face is if they have the funds and they have the vision to pursue a specific dream, they need to be able to pivot from that dream before they get in too deep. And I think that is is a challenge and, and a piece of advice I'd have for anybody uh, going into entrepreneurship. That's for sure. And so, you know, we're having this conversation now, uh, moving into 2023. And, you know, Hopscotch Air, you're continuing to grow. And I think you're talking about the issue at the right time, um, definitely in, uh, in, in talking about, again, the air taxi, uh, air service, which is great. But what are some of the, what are some of the growth plans that you have in the upcoming year or maybe even uh, upcoming two years ahead? Yeah, so Hopscotch Air has a pretty aggressive growth plan. You had mentioned regional travel, the airlines cutting back on the service, the cities they're servicing. We believe we can fill that gap. And that is a significant portion of our growth plan to travel to communities that need air service, but that air service has either been reduced or eliminated over the past few years. You know, there's a number of regional airlines. Uh, and these are names that people don't know of, uh, but they travel on them all the time that have gone out of business. Uh, so that is a major component of, of our growth strategy. Also, one of our New Year's resolutions, I think, is to help diversify this industry. This industry is one of the most undiversified uh, in in the world. And we think that we can play a role, a small role, whatever role that is, in helping to improve diversity, which will improve the pilot population. You know, there's a major pilot shortage nationwide. It's a worldwide shortage, actually. And where do you find the new pilots? You could find that in diverse communities. And so we want to work on that goal as well. That's awesome. Um, as we as we again wrap up our time together, Andrew, what is the uh, what is the one action that you want our listeners to take? Do they do you want them to learn more about the service, or how can they get involved in uh, the growth of Hopscotch? Sure. So they could certainly go to our website and learn about the service. That's uh, flyhopscotch.com. Uh, we're in the process of raising money right now, so if they like what they see and they want to join us for the journey, they could do that. If they want to book a flight and try us out, they could they could do that as well. But you know. More, but explore your travel options is the is the key takeaway from this. It's not just the usual options. It's not just the big airlines that you have that you can travel on right now. There are a plethora of various travel companies out there, and I encourage everybody to spend a little bit more time than the quick search on an online travel agency website uh, like Priceline or Expedia, for example. You know, do a little bit more research, and you could find some some good deals and a better travel experience. 
Well, definitely. I encourage all of our listeners to check out Hopscotch Airy. Um, we'll link through our website, through the show notes. Uh, and Andrew, congratulations on all your success and looking Thank forward you. to uh, following your progress and bringing you back onto the program real soon. I would love it. Thanks, Shalom. Appreciate it. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Thanks for joining us. That's a wrap for us here on the show, all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. You can always get on my website, shalomkline.com. And, uh, you know, as we wrap up uh, 2022, moving into 2023, I'm grateful to all of you our listeners, and um, definitely uh, encourage you to get in touch with me through our website, shalomkline.com, and uh, definitely subscribe, rate, review, share. You don't want to miss a single episode, but we'll be back next Sunday at 6 p.m. right here on AM560, the answer to success. Let's get down to business. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.